Thank you, Jesus. How many of you know him as Waymaker? Amen. The one who makes a way for you. And if you don't know him quite yet as your Waymaker, hey, we're going to make sure we talk about it today. Amen. And get with somebody who, who, who knows him as Waymaker. Let him tell you about him. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Hallelujah. God is good. Uh oh. Amen. Amen. God is good. How many of you know him as good? How about when things don't work out the way you want them to? Is he still good? Amen. He's good all the time. All the time he is good. Amen. Amen. I, uh, last week, man, I tell you what, if you guys, uh, didn't get a chance to be here last week. I hope you listened to the podcast uh, to make sure that you heard that. And I'm going to tell you what, guys, listen to it over and over again for expectancy. Amen. To get your heart expecting God to do what he promised you he'd do a long time ago that you just may not have seen uh, for quite some time. You know, we were talking about for those of you who weren't here and those who were last week, we were talking about Zacharias and Elizabeth. And how they had a dream to have a baby. And, you know, through the course of time, that dream started to fade because they didn't have that baby. They were trying and trying and nothing happened. And, and she was barren. And, and then God shows up after the dream has faded quite a bit. And God shows up and, uh, and, and through Gabriel tells Zacharias they're getting ready to have a baby. After time had passed and they were both old and it seemed like that dream would never come to pass, God reignited it. And then Elizabeth was expecting, getting ready to have a baby. And that's exciting in and of itself. And we talked about how when she delivered the baby, the baby, they call the baby John. And and if you can turn my mic down just a little bit, I greatly appreciate that. But uh, they called his name John, and that was to signify that God had done something in Elizabeth that hadn't been done before in their family. And I want you to know God is doing something new, even though he's giving you your dream. Right. And it's coming to pass in this year. He's reignited it, making you expect it again in this year. Don't expect it to happen the way that you thought it would happen. Amen. I want you to understand that. But there is something that I touched on last week that I really want to dig into that I don't think we talk about enough in the in the church. And it it seems to be something that is really negative. But I want to show you that it can be good. And if we can understand this, it'll help us to be able to make it to the finish line. So there, there, let me, let me start. Let's go back to Luke one. I wasn't going to start, but can we go back to Luke one, Luke chapter one. And I believe I want to read it 50 something. No, actually let's back up Luke one. And let's do this in, uh, in verse 39. Cause I didn't read this last time. I just talked about it. It's okay. If I read that this time. Luke 1, 39, and it says, and Mary arose in those days. This is Mary, the mother of Jesus, arose in those days and went to the hill country uh, with haste into a city called Judah and 
entered into the house of who? Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, now I want you to understand this. Most of us miss this because we only think about it as just the baby got excited and kicked. Right. But what I want you to understand is that for Elizabeth, the baby that she had conceived in her womb that was a promise from God that was something that they had been waiting on and God spoke and now in her old age she's with child and this child is growing but then there hadn't been any movement in her belly for quite some time no movement in her belly for quite some time and here it is that now Mary shows up and the baby jumps. Now, I want you to understand this because it's important to understand that even when God promises and we see the promise begin to come to pass, along the way, there can be some difficulties, there can be some challenges. There can be some things that change. And what happens to most of us is we want that God tells us something and we want everything to be smooth. And so for many of us, we give up along the way because everything didn't work out. What if Elizabeth had 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 said this along the way? And I don't know what she said. She may have. But what if she started to think? Just another disappointment. Just another failure. That's another time for my hopes to get lifted only to be dashed. God, I don't know what you're doing. I'm not even sure if you you even said this to me anymore. What if she had done that? And many of us, in the course of time, many of us, when we have those dreams and those dreams begin to fade and God begins to ignite them again and we have some hard times come in, many of us struggle. And I want to say this because it's important and I've taught this before, so I'm only going to touch it quickly. Listen, when God tells you something, I want everybody in here to hear me now. Everybody stop what you're doing. Stop getting on your phones. Pay attention to what I'm doing. Listen, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Wake up if you sleep. The last thing that God says to you is the first thing that the enemy is going to challenge. I want you to hear that now. The last thing that God says to you is the first thing that the enemy is going to challenge. We saw that in the garden. The last thing that God said to to Adam was of every tree in the garden you can have. But of this tree, don't touch. In that day, you'll surely die. Then the next time, the first time we see Satan, the first time we see him show up on the scene, he comes as a serpent in, in chapter three. And he says, hath God said? Did God say that? You sure he said that? You positive that God said that? Satan knowing all doesn't always come. Uh, and let me make sure I say this. He he won't come to you as this 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 beastly looking thing. He'll always come subtly. 
Can I tell you that a lot of times serpents aren't going to come up to you and start talking? Because most of us would be like, okay, I know that's the devil. First of all, I'll be running. But the second thing is, I'd be like, that was the devil. (laughs) But the way he comes to us today to challenge is that friend that always shows up with some negativity. That one that always shows up to, to cast doubt in your mind. You know you can't afford no new car. You know you can't afford that house. Why are you even trying to get it? Oh, didn't you hear so-and-so is sick? They dying. Isn't that how it goes? And that's how the enemy does. And he comes in to challenge what God has spoken. We see it again with Jesus. You think that's the, and the law of first mention always denotes that. So that was the first time we see Satan. That's the first thing he did. We see him again when Jesus is baptized. He comes out of the water, the heavens open, and God says, this is my beloved son. Not this might be. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. People heard it. And then Jesus is driven into the wilderness and we see Satan show up and he says, if thou be the son of God. That's why, let me tell you, Jesus, can I tell you something? Jesus could have turned the stone into bread. You know that? And, And he had every ability to do so and every right to do so. But he couldn't in that situation because it would have been a thing that he was trying to prove something that he already was. So he didn't need to do anything. And this was the enemy trying to challenge what God had spoken. So so remember that the, the, the last thing that God says is the first thing that the enemy is going to challenge. I told you last week that God spoke to us about expecting the thing that had faded. God is getting set to make you expecting again and see that thing come to pass. Expect challenges. I want you to understand something else that's so important. This is the part I wanted to get to is that we need to understand that there's not only an adversary that comes in with challenges, but there are other situations where we have challenges and those challenges can be necessary. Do you remember? Do you remember when James was talking? Can we go to James one and verse two? James 1, verse 2. Let me get there. See you up there yet? You got up there yet? James 1 and 2. What does it say? My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That should be testings and trials. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now, I want you to understand that he's telling us to count it all joy when we come into these situations. So if we're coming into this, they're not all going to be the enemy. If he's telling me to count it all joy when I come into testings and trials, they're not all going to be the enemy. Some of these things are necessary for us. And I want I want to talk to you today about the order of breaking bread. This is so important for us. But I want to deal with something right before I I start to talk about it. I want to tell you anybody ever seen anybody make bread. You seen anybody make bread. They make the dough. And after the dough has been made, there's something that happens after the dough is made. There's something that needs to take place next. 
they take the dough and they pull it out and they put it onto a, a, you know, something that's got some flour on it so it won't be so sticky because dough is really sticky. And they take it out and they begin to press and crush and pull the bread. This process is called kneading. K-K-N-E-A-D-I-N-G. Kneading. And it's where you continually take the dough and you press into it and push it so that the dough will be able to be one more pliable. What does pliable mean? Easier to work with. But the second thing about dough that after it's been kneaded, there's a point where it rests. And in this resting, what happens to it? Does anybody know? It starts to rise. But if you don't take and knead or crush or press or pull the dough first, you don't put it into a position where it can reach its full potential to rise. Now, Jesus was born in the house of bread and he is called the bread of life. Are you guys with me? Am I boring you? Come on now. Y'all know I need active listening. All right, come on, talk to me. And so Jesus is born in the house of bread, which is Bethlehem, and he is the bread of life. Now he leaves us and he begins to talk about some things. And I want you to see, let's go first to, let's go to Luke 9, quickly. Luke chapter 9. I'm not sure which verse I want to take you to yet, but let's see. Luke chapter 9 and... You guys know the story. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Let's just go to. To to. I'm going to read it. Start in verse 10. And the apostles, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. And he took them and he went aside privately into a desert place belonging to the city of Bethsaida. And the people, when they knew it, followed him and he received them and spake unto them of the kingdom of God and healed them and, uh, that had need of healing. And when the day began to wear away, then came the 12 and said unto him, send the multitude away that they may go into towns and country around about and lodge and get victuals or food for we are here in a desert place. And he said unto them, give ye them to eat. And they said, we have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except we go and buy meat for all this people. For they were about 5,000 men. And he said unto his disciples, make them sit down by fifties in a company. And they did so and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, this is important, looking up to heaven, he blessed them. He broke them and broke it. And gave to the disciples and set before the multitude and they did eat were all filled and there were taken up of the fragments that remained to them 12 baskets. Pastor, what, what does that have to do with what you're talking about? You have to understand that this is the process. Remember, he's taking bread, he's taking fish and he's going through a process. He takes it to himself. Then he does something. He blesses it. But after the blessing comes something that none of us want to go through. It's a breaking. 
And if we don't understand this, that this is the order that God has set. This is why when we take communion, what does he do? He takes it, he blesses it, he breaks it and he gives it. Every time you're going to see Jesus doing something, we're going to see him at the road to Emmaus when the people were he was walking with them and he sat down to eat. What did he do? He took bread. He blessed it, broke it, disappeared. You're going to see him do this on a consistent basis because he's trying to get this understanding to you that after the blessing of the Lord comes a breaking. And so many of us avoid this, and that's why your face is looking all long because I'm talking about breaking and nobody wants to hear about breaking. But the problem is, is that when we go through it, everybody starts to cry and everybody's all like, God doesn't love me and nothing's working right. And I try to tell you over and over again, this is good. You're in a position where God says it's time for you to be broken down so I can give you to the people. So that I can give you what you need. But if you don't go through the breaking, you'll never be given. And it's a hard thing. Nobody wants to go through the breaking. David, David said this. He said, yea, though I walk through. The valley, that's his breaking. Everybody has to go through this breaking process. Jesus did it. You're not immune to this. I want you to see something before I, before I continue to talk about that. I really need to say this. Um, Well, let me say this first. It's easy for us to talk about how much we love God and how much we'll serve him and what we'll do for the kingdom in a place of comfort and ease. It's easy to do that. But what about when we begin to go through a tough place? Can we still be able to stand strong and say, even though this is not a true statement, though he slayed me, because God's not slaying you, yet will I serve him. This place of being hard is difficult. I want to say something now before we before we go to this last part right here. I want to talk about an, an eagle. Does anybody? Well, let's go to Isaiah 40 first and 31. I got to read this. I apologize. Isaiah 40 and 31. It says this. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's those that are waiting on the Lord's time frame for him to do it the way he wants it to be done. Those are the ones that shall renew their strength and mount up with wings as eagles. But I want to talk about an eagle first. Why did he choose that animal? Does anybody know? See, eagles, eagles, eagles are different than any other uh, bird that's out there. Eagles have this ability. Number one, their sight is keener. They live much higher. You listening to this? They live in much higher places than every other bird. But they have this ability that no other bird has. They have the ability to lock their wings into a position. No other bird can do this, but the eagle. The eagle has this ability to lock its wings. And when adverse 
wind comes. Have you ever seen, you know, we have strong winds out here. Have you ever seen birds struggling to get off, man? Right, to get where they're going in, in the wind? That's because they don't have the ability that the eagle has. The eagle has the ability when he locks his wings, it carries him on the adverse wind, the tough wind. It picks him up higher. So the more adverse the wind, the higher the eagle soars. And so this is why he says to us that if you'll wait on me, you'll mount up with wings. Right. That's important. Listen, wings, the same kind of wings that the eagles have, that when you go through adversity, it'll only make you stronger and cause you to rise higher. And so he says this, but listen, here is the thing. An eagle, to get to be an eagle, has to make it through being an eaglet. That's true, right? The little eaglet, no real feathers, just the cutest, well, ugliest little thing you've ever seen. And all it does is just sit around with his mouth open, asking for food. And the parents supply all of that. They supply the food. They keep them in this high nest way up so that other predators aren't able to come in and take them. So they're protecting them. And the eagle, all he has to do is cry, open his mouth. He gets food. He gets to go to sleep. And all he does is just keep going. As he's as he's doing this, though, he's getting stronger. And he's getting stronger and he's getting stronger until one day. The mama or the daddy eagle comes up and takes them up to the edge of the nest and they get to the edge of the nest and they show them how far it is down because you're way up in the tops of the mountains. And then the mama and the daddy pushes them out of the nest. Isn't that mean? That's so mean. The mom and dad just kick them out of the nest. And that's what the little eaglet could believe. That my parents hate me. They want me to leave. They're trying to kill me, man. And the eagle has two things that it can do. It can either drop and keep falling or it can flap its wings and learn how to fly. The thing that I want you to understand, let me make sure I say this too. When the mother or father pushes it out of the net, the nest, if the bird never starts to fly, they don't let it die. They swoop in, catch it, bring it back up and sit it down. They never leave it, but they're always pushing it. I want you to understand that God's not leaving you. He's pushing you. Because if you never listen, listen, if you never learn how to flap your wings, you'll never reach the potential that God has set for you. You'll never make it there if you only stay in the comfort of everything that's good. It's in the crushing, the pushing, in the testing, in the trial that you're able to be strong enough to be in a position to soar. But many of us hate it and we run from it when God is trying to get us to a position of our most highest potential. But if you're not willing to go through it and learn from it 
and grow in it, you'll never reach that potential. And it's not like, listen, listen, it's not like the mother and father kick the bird out and let it die. It'll bring it back up, keep it in the position. But the problem is the bird never got to grow. It's very important for us to see that God is trying to get us through this process to let us reach the potential where he can, like the order of breaking bread, take us, bless us, break us and give us another part of the breaking process. And I and I'm going to really finish and I'll try to pick this up uh, again. Another part of the breaking process is this. If I never go through anything. How will I know what I'm capable of? If I never have any adversity, how will I ever develop out of where I was? This is a position that God wants us to be in. And I want you to know that, listen, it's not always the devil. If you're tempted with something evil, it's the enemy. But when you're tested to be stretched, it's God. You with me? So many people I come across on a consistent basis are angry with the things that they go through. God doesn't love me. Where is God? And he's like, I'm right here. I'm just trying to develop you to reach your highest potential. It's crucial for us to start to see this. And be able to reach this. I want to I want to say so much more, but I, I want you guys to be able to digest what I'm saying to you now. Because if you miss what I'm saying to you now, then the rest of it is just going to be more jumble. If you don't gain what I'm telling you now, that this process is necessary, learn how to praise him in it. That's why he told us, count it all joy when you fall into diverse testings and trials. Why? Because it's going to develop your consistency. That word patience is consistency. I said this a billion times and I'll say it a billion and one. If you plant a seed and dig it up and plant it again and dig it up and plant it again and dig it up, you're never going to get the full potential from the seed. You're just going to have that seed in its seed form forever. It's not until you plant the seed, leave it in the ground, let consistency of being in the ground, have its time for that thing to be gone before you're going to be able to reap a harvest that's going to come back in a different way, much greater than it ever has been before. But God is saying that to you. If you won't allow me to be able to allow you to be consistent in this process, 
you'll never get where I'm trying to get you. Stop complaining. Stop complaining. Start praising. I'm in the breaking process. That means I'm close to giving. I'm in the breaking process. That means I'm close to giving. Remember I tell you God takes it. He blesses it. He breaks it. Then he gives it. I'm close to being given. I'm close. Are you excited about that? If you if you get into an obstacle, a place of opposition against what God has been saying to you as a thing that is your dream that you're expecting for. Begin to praise God. You're close to being given. Amen. All right. Let me stop here. Yes, I, gotta, I, I can't stop. Stop. I want to pray for you guys, but I need to talk to you about something else because it's, it's important that I say this. Don't don't play yet because you'll, you'll take me down the wrong road. You make me talk too long. Not yet. I want to say this. Listen, we here at this church need you. In several different ways. There are a lot of things that I'm going to say um, really quickly. And I need you to catch it, catch all of what I'm saying, but especially the. I'll tell you. One, we need to be people who continually love other people. Okay, We're willing to go out of our way to love. You didn't like that part. You said amen for love, but when we said go out of our way, no more amen. We need to be people that go out of our way to love people. Even when it's not convenient. Even when I got to get out of my bed late and go help. Even when I got to take my fun money to help. You ain't like that, huh? Y'all ain't like that part. Even when I don't feel like talking, I'm going to still help. To love people where they are. What about this? What if I don't agree with that person? Well, they're, they're, they're homosexuals. I don't want anything to do with them. Can we still love? How will they know without a teacher? If we don't spend time with people who don't agree with us, if we don't spend time with people who don't understand what we understand, or hopefully, that's another thing I'm going to talk about. Let me just touch that now. Man, do we even believe what the Bible says? Are we just people that soothe our conscience by coming on Sunday and soothe our conscience and just say, hey, I did my duty. Now I'm going to go back and live like a like the rest of the world, the rest of the week. Or am I a person that believes what God says and I live it out so that others can see it? Now we love people in spite of where they are, what they've done. Can I can I tell you something? You know, I. There have been many people who have treated me improperly. Kid, you guys know that. Many people that have treated me improperly 
And I've still said that no matter what, I'm going to choose to love. Now, can I be honest with you? There are two things. One, one, one. I didn't immediately say I'm loving. And then two, there were times when I didn't want to love. But I obey. Are you willing to do that? That's one thing I want. I want to put that aside. Now, the next thing is, guys, I want to make sure that outside of that, I need we need your help in here. Okay, so we need your help in children's ministry. I know a lot of you people are saying, but I'm not called the kids. If you got kids, you call the kids. (laughs) (laughs) You got them. So. So you got them. You we need your help working. Why? Because listen. Listen, let me let me let me first break it down before we talk about work. Jesus sat children in his lap in the midst of all the people when everybody else was like, no, nah, man, don't let them jokers come. And he's like, this is how the kingdom of God is. And we get a chance to impact young people's lives for the kingdom so that they don't have to struggle with some of the stuff we struggle with. I didn't come to know Christ until I was older. So that means I was a fool until then. What if we could take and have our kids be able to know Christ early so that they're not fools? They're not addicted to pornography. Right? They're not, they're not, they're not, they don't fall into homosexuality. Drug addiction, drug abuse. What if we're able to take and we're able to teach them how to be godly men? godly women how to love other people can i tell you what your school is telling them stuff they teaching them a whole bunch of stuff about gender fluid uh fluidness they teaching them a whole lot of stuff about all kinds of other things about millions and millions and billions of years ago and they're teaching them things and you don't want to be a part of teaching your children I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying. So we need your help. We need you to be a part of it. Now, we do do a, uh, you have to do a background check so everybody might not be able to do it, right? But we still need you to volunteer and help. You may say, I don't know how to teach them. Guess what? Don't worry. Just come in there. Be a part of what we're doing. You know how to laugh with kids. Can you laugh? You know how to laugh? You know how to play with toys? You got imagination? Do you still do? I don't know about young folks. Y'all still got imagination? (laughs) Take a toy and be able to make it be anything you want it to be. But we need your help in children's ministry. Listen, right now it's an ask. Okay? I'm just going to be honest. Then it's going to turn into if you got kids, you work here. Okay? So right now it's an ask. Think about that. An ask. Be a part of that by being willing to say, hey, you know what? I can give once every two months. It's not that hard. Okay. Okay, that's long enough. I don't care if you long enough. I got a lot more to say, but we'll save it for next time. Amen. Amen. We got people 